much of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Say our love is a flame, not an amber. Say it's me that you want to dismember. Uh, blacken my eye, set fire to my tie as we dance to the masochism tango. At your command, before you here I stand, my heart is in my Hey everybody, welcome yeah. to the A Slut Podcast with your host Simon Bell. Welcome back to another episode. Advice, sex, love, with understanding and trust. Today we're talking to one of my Canadian buddies who was in New Zealand for a while. She was a an exotic dancer. She's done uh, performance art. Uh, she's worked, obviously, in the sex industry here in New Zealand and how that differs in Australia. She won Miss Inc. New Zealand in 2016 uh, while I was in the crowd cheering her on. She truly is one of my favourite people. Her name is Kasia Kostiuk. Uh, we'll be talking to her a little bit later. Uh, this week for me has just been kind of full on. Uh, actually, I've recorded a couple of these episodes uh, this week and I'm trying to hook up a few more. Um, so if you want to be part of the show, uh, you're more than welcome to, to hit me up on the Facebooks at the ASLUT Podcast or on Twitter at the ASLUT Podcast uh, or email through on the ASLUT Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any questions that you'd like answered, or, or even any feedback or anything, I'd love to hear that as well on each of those each of those formats. So, without uh, any further ado, uh, Kazi and I we talk um, talk about those sex lives, her, her personal uh, sex life compared to that of somebody in the in the sex industry, uh, her current relationships, the kinks that she's into, the fantasies, all of that sort of fun stuff. Uh, we'll be talking about that, we'll be talking about uh, whether she's poly, uh, monogamous, whichever. And um, we'll also be getting a wee bit deep uh, this week too. Because Kasia, when she was young, um, had been raped. So we'll talk a little bit about that and, and um, how that can affect a affected person quite heavily. Um, not even just for the next couple of weeks, but years into the future. Um, so we'll definitely talk, be talking about that. So, without uh, any further disrupting from my voice, um, welcome to the to the ASAP podcast, Kasia Kostio.
Nazia, welcome to the pod. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Very well indeed. It's um, very opposite times at the moment. Obviously, I'm still in New Zealand. You're back in Vancouver now, I think. Is that right? Yeah, just a couple hours out of Vancouver. So same time zone, same kind of thing. Still in British Columbia. Fun times. Um, so I guess the, the, the people that are going to be listening aren't going to know too much about you. So tell us a wee bit about who you are, what you've done, where you've come from, whatever you can. Well, um, I was born and raised here in Canada, but I spent the last five years over in New Zealand um, working in the music industry and also working um, as a, you know, as a dancer and doing modeling and things like that. And I, at the moment, I'm just kind of a world traveler and trying to figure out who I am and where I want to be and what I want to be doing. Awesome. Cool. So you've been back in Canada for how long now? Uh, just over a year now. Just over a year. And is it is it kind of good to be back home after spending so far away or are you looking forward to that next adventure straight away? Oh, I can't wait for another adventure. I mean, I, live, I leave to Los Angeles in two days for two weeks. So um, being back is nice. Like, it's nice to go back to your roots and have a little bit of a break and see some family, see some old friends, see what everyone else is doing. But uh, definitely I can't wait to get back out there and do something else. Yeah, sure. Uh, but you're still going to be using BC as your, as your base for a while? For a little bit, yeah. I'm thinking about it probably for the next like, six months. Okay, cool. Yeah, because um, I was over in North America in October. I think I spoke to you about it. may have, I may not have. Um, I was actually over on the on the east coast though, in uh, in New York. I spent a month there just doing as much as I could, and I ended up um, attending a few a few um, sexual seminars, for lack of a better term. Um, oh, awesome! Yeah, and so I have done a little bit of kink performance in the past, so I was able to to put on a show and stuff in the, in a couple of the pubs over there and do some scenes, meet some really cool people, get involved with discussion nights and stuff like that, which was really, really cool for me while still doing all, all of the touristy bullshit that you do in New York. That's fantastic. You were able to mix those two worlds so well. Like, I'm impressed. That's incredible. <laughs> well, luckily we have this great thing called the internet now, right? So you can sort of get to know people somewhere before you've even gotten there, which was which was a nice thing to be able to do, which is how I was able to get into, you know, these discussion nights and, and these performances and all that sort of stuff. So that was really, really cool for me. Um, but you're a bit of a performer yourself, aren't you? A little bit, yeah. You know, I dabble. <laughs> you dabble? I dabble. <laughs> Tell us about um, Yeah. I, um, so I tried my hand at aerial arts and still getting you know, into that. So I do a little bit of trapeze, a little bit of tissue, um, but mainly I do pole dancing. So I do um, quite a few of those. I'm not at like competition levels, but mm -hmm. you know, enough where I can uh, entertain a small crowd. So that's kind of my thing. And um, other forms of things like that, like I do modeling and um, performance pieces and things like that. Performance pieces? Yeah, different, uh, you know, what, I don't know, I, I went to art school for like eight years, so mm -hmm. my form of art is anything from weird contemporary to, right, right, right. you know, dancing, and just, I'm not very good, like I'm not like very good at a lot of things that I do, but I, I try, I try really hard. <laughs> well, you, you, you must be pretty decent, because you did win Miss Inc. New Zealand, didn't you, while you were over here? 
I did, I did. I won that in uh, 2016, mm-hmm. and you were there with me. I, I remember was there. that. Yeah, it was a good night. It was indeed. And you didn't think you were going to win. I know that. No, <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure the look on my face when they said my name was, "Are you shitting me?" <laughs> it was absolutely golden. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I think I laughed a little bit just at your reaction before I started clapping. I think most people did because I didn't even. And the girl that got second place, Ellie, she uh, she had to like tap me on the shoulder and be like, "Hey, is that you?" <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, um, that, yeah, that was a really really cool night. So you you said you've done the pole dancing and and all the performance arts and that sort of stuff. Um, I guess the the question that leads from that straight away is, is obvious, really, isn't it? Have you done it uh, in a strip club in a strip sense? Yes, I, I I did. I did it for a little bit in a couple of different clubs, actually, in a couple of different cities in New Zealand. I mean, um, it was definitely not something I thought I'd ever get into, but um, I came over to New Zealand, and I came there for a job purpose, and that purpose didn't work out, and I had a working holiday visa, so I thought, you know, why not, which, of course, sure. well, could probably get me into a lot of trouble honestly thinking back now on it but whatever I'm, I'm not in New Zealand anymore I paid my taxes I did a good job <laughs> but yeah I, I went over and I, I tried it it wasn't really my thing and then I tried it again and I just I started taking classes with mm-hmm. some friends and I'm mainly just self-taught and ended up not being too shabby at it <laughs> okay so did you did you end up finding yourself enjoying it quite a bit or there a lot. I mean, it was probably the only time in my life that I felt a hundred and ten percent in control of mm-hmm. any kind of sexual situation. I mean, it was definitely a time where the power was turned to me. Because I mean, even just walking down the street, you have men, women, different people staring at you, and you're not in control of that situation. No. Whereas this was a time where. I was 110% in control of the situation. You know, when I said no, it was no. If I put my foot down, it was my foot going down. And I've never felt that control before, and I right. really enjoyed that. So you like being in control, is it? It was a lot of that. I mean, I had, I have control issues with it, and lots of. Um, I also had lots of self-esteem issues before I ever even started that. I, I always believed that I was too big of a girl, and I was uh, too little, and bullshit. too alternative, and you know, up on there, I, I just felt very powerful, I felt very in control, yeah. and, you know, I got to choose my music, I got to choose what I looked like, I got to choose when I dan- when I worked, how I worked, how I worked for, and, you know, who was my clientele, it's not like when you work behind a counter or at a desk or something, and you have no control over who your consumer is, who your sure. clientele is, this is one time I had complete control of everything. So, obviously, there's, at some point, there's been guys who have overstepped the mark, right? Oh, always, always. You've always gotten someone like that. I, you know, there are people that don't understand the meaning of no or you can't touch me. And um, there has been a few situations that were very, you know, dodgy or scary where I did have a little bit of, you know, that panic or that, you know, fear or seeing other girls experience that. It definitely, you know, spun it back into reality that this is a situation that could turn very bad very quickly. But, I mean, of course, you've got your security guards there to protect you and everything like that, right? Oh, definitely, all the time. I mean, the only times you didn't is um, you could do this thing called an out call where mm-hmm. a guy could take you out for dinner or for drinks or something, and um, 
they could you could only do it in like the CBD, like on the same strip of you know the city. But there are definitely times as well where that you know you really had to be aware of your surroundings, and mm-hmm. um, because as much as it, it you know it shouldn't be the girl's job to have to take care of themselves and look out and make sure that guys sure, should just sure. not should just know not to do those kind of things. But there were definitely times where some guys were a little bit too uh, too pushy and. You know things like that, and even with security in a building, you know they're not great standing next to you 24/7. So no. you know you have to be aware of those things, and you know be able to get to someone that can call for help or hit that panic button if you're in a private room or something like that. Right, right. So you you, you mentioned it on out calls, obviously um, that lends itself to a wee bit more than dancing. Um, would that be correct, or how did that um, how did it, that work? It depends. Like for. For dancers, we don't do like sexual services in the sense where there's no, there, um, it wouldn't be like an escort. What it was is it was more like, like a companion in the sense of someone would come in and you may be having a drink and they're not interested in, you know, like a private dance. Instead, they want to, you know, go out for dinner or they want to go have drinks in a club and they just want to have a beautiful girl on their arm. So they'd book out one girl, two girls. Some guys would be pretty flash. Even even we had one woman once who came in and booked four girls because she was celebrating her divorce and she had no <laughs> friends at the club. So you know we you'd go out and you'd, you'd dance and you'd club and you know I I've had a few situations like that too where it's, it's a great situation you're out you're having a couple of drinks and they they try and kiss you and it's like no I'm sorry that's not we're not on a date that's, that's not part of it. That's not part of it. Mm-hmm. Those lines can get blurred for some people. Like, well, I don't understand. Like, I paid for the the girlfriend experience, and you're like, well, yes, but you know, I'm not, I'm not your girlfriend. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. So, have you ever um, done escort work yourself, or? No, I I did I did manage a brothel though, so okay. I was the manager, and you know, I was the one that would put through the bookings and stuff. So I have a little bit of experience in uh, that world. Tell me a wee bit about that, because that for me sounds incredibly interesting. Oh, it was. I am. Um, so I w- had my desk, and I would I would do the bookings for the girls, and you would have um. So I, I was in charge of like their safety and management, making sure of the cleanliness, and you know screening customers when they come in, and sure. making sure that you had a protocol because uh, as in New Zealand, New Zealand is the only place in the world where you know. Uh, um, the prostitutes collective actually went to the government. They sat down mm-hmm. and they came up with the rules and regulations for sex work. It's the only place in the world where it's a hundred percent decriminalized. Yeah. Which I didn't realize that until I came over to Canada. Oh, right. I came back to Canada, and so I'm um, looking into it. I look in the policies and stuff, and it was it was so well orchestrated and it was fantastic. And I mean, there were some nights that were just beyond ridiculous that mm-hmm. like you couldn't write this stuff. And then there were other nights that was like super boring and super casual and it, it was just really interesting and you get a whole new insight into you know these young women's lives and who they are and why they do these things and you know it was it was fantastic like I really enjoyed it. Cool so you said that there was a few wild nights and stuff like that I'm, I'm gonna have to ask for like an example of it don't you don't need to name names or anything like that but um yeah, well, t- tell us a story of one of these wild nights where some some crazy stuff happened. Oh, you just you'd have you'd have wild customers who just you know they they wouldn't want they wouldn't want to leave or they'd be there for like racking up you know tons and tons of money and right. okay like just for, just for you know it was just insane or you'd have girls that would just 
wanted to party and go out and do wild things. And I, I mean, for one night, I remember one girl decided that she was gonna buy all this equipment online. So she could do piercings, like pierce your ears and stuff. And I ended up being absolutely hammered in the back room and letting, like, sitting there with these three working girls as mm. they're like piercing my ears up and we're like secretly drinking like rum in the back room and Jesus. it was just like absolutely and, like cause it's a quiet night no one's coming in so we just would get absolutely hammered and we had the one place because we had a pole so all the girls are climbing up the pole and falling off and we're just having wild nights and having mm -hmm. fun and like you would with your girlfriends going out but instead they're waiting for customers to come in yeah sure sure um were you ever tempted to to go down that path? There were, I would never be tempted that way, but there's definitely nights where like, you know, people would come in and they would offer me exaggerated amounts of money because I was behind the desk. It was yeah. this appeal to them because they couldn't have me. Yeah, the forbidden and, fruit um, sort of thing. Yeah, it was that whole idea. And I, I remember this one guy would come in like once a week and he was like, no, no, I, I want the girl behind the desk. And I was like, no, you don't. Like, he's like, oh, I'll give you outrageous amounts. You'd even have that, you know, as, as a dancer, you'd have guys like, oh, well, you know, you know, I could, it'd be so much more sexy if I could take home a dancer. And it's like, no, no, it's not. Like, I'm sorry. And you'd have guys, oh, you know, two grand, three grand. And I'd be like, no, sorry. Like, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. But, or guys that come in and do the whole, oh, well, I know where the camera's on and where the camera's on. And it's like, See, that's just creepy. You. That's fantastic. That's just creepy. <laughs> oh. It just wasn't, you know, I made very strong lines in my mind before I started sure. where, what I was comfortable with and what I wasn't comfortable with. And I was like, you know, as long as I stick with what I'm comfortable with, I'm not going to, you know, feel bad about these decisions. And yeah. so I made a very strict line where I was like, I'm not comfortable with doing that. I'm only comfortable with this. And no matter what, any amount of money, to me, it just wasn't worth it. So did you ever take somebody home from the club or anything like that, just on your own personal side? Or was, uh, it, was it two one, completely I, separate It was worlds? my golden rule. I had a golden rule that was I would never, ever be interested in a customer until one night. <laughs> there was one person that broke my golden rule and uh, he, I just, you know, I saw him from across the room. The guy looks like, you know, someone I could get along with. And um, turns out we had a lot of mutual friends. We kind of hung with the same kind of group of people. He, he was interested in the same path of life that I was. And we started hanging out and drinking and, um, I realized I didn't see him as a potential customer when about three hours went by and his friend pointed out, he goes, you haven't asked him to buy you a drink or take you for a dance or anything. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, I haven't. And I felt that I realized and I excused myself for a minute. I was like, okay, refresh yourself. Like, go talk to someone else. Like, you're not here to flirt with someone. You're here to work. And yeah. uh, I just, you know, his friend went off upstairs and... You know, and he came back up to me and we kept chatting and um, his friend came back downstairs and was like, you know what, I'm just, I'm not interested. I would, I want to leave. And um, I was going on my break. So I was like, you know what, I was like, um, do you want to come with me on my break? I won't feel so bad if you're not a customer. We go for a drink. So we went for a drink, ended up chatting some more. And I was like, you're a really cool guy. He was leaving um, to another part of New Zealand the next day. So I was like, you know what, like, let's exchange numbers. Maybe we'll hang out. Maybe we won't. I went back to the club, was like, nope, I'm not gonna, not gonna do anything, like, we are a customer, that's different, and, um, you know, ended up being like, you know what, screw it, whatever, and yeah. going and hanging out with him later that night, and, like, I have no regrets about it, it's fine, like, he was a cool person, um, still talk to him, 
well, I mean, I haven't talked to him in ages, but it's like one of those people that if I saw him, I'd still talk to him, and it, sure. it was cool, it was mutual. But I definitely got a lot of shit from that from everyone else, going, <laughs> oh, you're golden rule, you broke the golden rule, and I was like, okay, Shut up, you know, <laughs> can't help it. <laughs> Wait, so, you, you've got to ask this question, was it good, was it worth breaking the rule? Yeah, it was fun, like, I mean, it was someone that I got along with, we had mm -hmm same you know mutual things in life like it definitely it wasn't like one of those awkward hookups like when you meet someone in a club and you're kind of drunk and they're kind of drunk like we right. were both quite like you know we weren't inebriated it wasn't like some just for nothing because we actually got along really well so it was, it was worth it oh that's that's fair enough um leading into that so obviously it's it's very different like uh, how do I put this? How is it dating while you're in, for lack of a better term, the sex industry, which is what you are when you're a dancer, I guess? Um, yeah, do you it's find exactly it difficult dating in that scenario? Or? Dating, dating is hard. Dating, well, I mean, if you find the right person, it'd be fine, but dating is definitely, it was not easy. When I first started, I was dating someone who wasn't a very nice human being so they definitely um they, they <laughs> the hardest thing that i explain to people is being a model being a dancer being anyone who's seen in a sexual light as a sexual object mm -hmm. it, it's like a fantasy it's just you know you're a forbidden fruit you're, and everyone loves it every guy girl whoever i've been with loves it they're like oh i love that you know people are envious of me because they want you and you're so sexy but as soon as some type of an emotional connection is established, everything just changes. It's now right. just like, oh, I don't want other people to look at you because you're my possession. And it's like a possessive thing. It's, I don't want people to look at you in that way. I don't want... And a lot of the time it was things like a guy would be dating, one of his friends would come into the club and right. he would find out and be like... Like, I, I remember uh, me and um, me and my one partner, we broke it up um, and I stopped dancing because he was very uncomfortable with it so I stopped doing that you know as a compromise and I mean it, it definitely like I missed it mm -hmm. um, and so when we broke up I started doing it again and he was like whatever you go do your thing but he found out that one of his friends would come in every Tuesday and would, you know he was he was kind of like a regular yeah and he lost it he he lost his mind he's like i can't believe one of my friends is looking at you like blah 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 you're a slut you're a whore and, and you guys weren't together at this point no and i was like this is ridiculous. so he like threatened him and was like well if you go and see her anymore like you know i'm gonna beat you up or whatever it was so i didn't see this guy for ages and it was you know that that was my paycheck that pissed me off because there was nothing sexual about it i wasn't mm. interested in him it's not like i was going to take him home like yeah. he was he was a paycheck so mm. it pissed me off and um i had that i tried i tried dating this one guy and um we you know went out for a little bit and just casual dating and stuff mm -hmm. and we we got into an argument and um you know, miscommunication, whatever, he was busy, I was busy, we couldn't talk, but I had all these other people coming up to me, like, oh, what because what you do for a profession, he's not comfortable with what you do, and it turned out that that had nothing to do with it whatsoever, we were on different wavelengths, which yeah. was fine, but it pissed me off that that was people's, everyone's assumption, oh, it's because of what you do for a job, it's because, I, or, you know, you'll never find a respectable man because of this, or a no person wants to be with you, no one wants to share it, or you get the, oh, well, because you do this, it's fine for your partner to go out and cheat on you. Right. And I, 
that was the one thing that I was with someone who constantly cheated on me. And someone said to me, they went, well, because, you know, this is what you do for a living. It's extremely acceptable that he's sleeping with other women in your bed when you're, that's, when you're at work. That's bullshit, though. I was like, no, it's, it's completely different. Like, <laughs> that's you know. <laughs> such a small-minded thought and a small-minded right? opinion. That's just, yeah, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, if, it's just trying to find those mature people that understand it yeah. and can see that, you know, it, I don't go there and I'm me. I, I'm a character. I'm. It's like being an actor or, you know, I'm, I'm acting. I'm a completely yeah. different person. This is, you know... My, my stage character is a completely different person than my everyday character. Oh, don't, don't I know that? You know, <laughs> from, so it's, from, it's, from it's a couple a of days ago here. Yeah. Um, I, I guess that, that sort of lends itself, I'll say this a lot because I, I like my segues, I like things to move through to other segments. Yeah. Um, with all my, with all my fun. Um, actually, I'll touch on something else before that. If, I've dated a couple of dancers as well in Christchurch, but I, I feel a sense of pride um, in that you know they're showing off their body and people are taking pleasure from my partner's from what my partner's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean that that's kind of interesting that I think it comes down to insecurity of the other person. Oh, 100%. 110%. That's what it is. Yeah, because I've, I've always been a big fan of myself. So I have that confidence within myself that my girl isn't going to leave me or my guy isn't going to leave me, whoever it may be. Um, they're just, they're doing their thing and, you know, people are happy that, you know, my partner's up there shaking her, shaking her thing and, and loving it. Well, exactly. You know, if your partner's doing something that they love, they enjoy, they're not hurting anybody else, and they can make money off it, then why wouldn't you support that? Exactly. Because at the end of the day, your partner's coming back home to you and loving you. They're not, you know, they're not cheating on you. They're not hurting you. They're not causing mm -hmm. bodily harm. They're not, you know, there's no abuse going on. So I don't exactly. understand what the big, you know, issue is that why it's such a bad, awful thing. I, I, I feel as though, like, in, in this sort of scene and situation, I guess, uh, it's more likely that you'd come across open relationships or polyamorous relationships or whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, I guess with this would be more to the open side. Um, is that something that you've had in previous relationships or? It's something that I'm completely open with and I'm completely fine with. I seem to always be with people who um, either are not we're okay with it being very one-sided. Yeah. Um, being, I had my first partner when I first started doing this. He was all for, you know, like having an open relationship where we would bring other women into our relationship, which I had a problem with. Mm -hmm. That was totally fine, but it was completely one-sided, and so right. we, we put a stop to that. I was like, I can't continue this if it's a completely one-sided thing where, you know, you can sit with other women, uh, you know, or uh, you me and another woman. Um, but there's no, I can't do anything else. I can't even, you know, have a male friend. I was like, this isn't, this isn't an open relationship. This isn't healthy. No, it's not. Um, that's that's whereas, unicorn hunting. Yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm not interested in that. I mean, now, like, I, I've been single for quite a number of years now. Is that by choice? Um, yes, it's it by choice, quite by choice. I just, um, I found my last 
about my last year in New Zealand. Um, I tried, you know, casually dating, and it just wasn't really my thing. It didn't work out. And since I've been back in Canada, I haven't really been interested. You know, it's one of those things where I was like, I want to travel. I don't feel the need to, you know, put myself in a relationship right now, only mm-hmm. to have to leave again and find someone who's not willing to. But I mean, um, just recently, I started seeing someone who seems to be on the same page with me about everything. I actually just spent five days with them um, in Toronto because it's, it's a long distance. Yeah, so um, that's where you were. So it's a new new turn on what I'm trying in my life as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that that's um, yeah, that's kind of cool. So with 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 you guys, you're obviously just starting out, so you're not really sure on what's going on yet. Is that right? Yeah, um, we um, we met about two months ago, mm-hmm. and um, he he's a touring musician. So right. he was on tour, and we met when he was on tour, and um, we just hit it off really well, and started talking and getting to know each other. And I decided to just kind of jump the gun, and I booked a five day vacation to be closer to him. And uh, he took some time off work, and we started hanging out and getting to know each other and seeing nice. where you know if we are in the same wavelength and where we're both coming from. And, what we both want out of life and you know being very brutally honest because mm-hmm. I find the longer you hold all your honesty and everything it just creates a mess so very yeah, honest very sure. open and um so far everything seems to be going really well mm. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that it was, it was a choice that you made to be single and and make that decision for yourself because I mean obviously you're an incredibly incredibly beautiful woman that's no doubt about that so you would have had guys all over you, but to know what you needed in that situation and what was good for you, that that's really something. Well, I spent I spent a lot of time with the wrong people and you know, I realized that I needed to figure out why. Why mm-hmm. I was continually going with these people who did who treated me less than I deserved, especially when I know that I'm a powerful, strong, brilliant, you know, woman and I know what I want in life. I couldn't understand why I kept putting so much effort and love into these wrong people so yeah. I took a step back and realized that I had to focus on myself realize what I want and I mean left right and center I have people you know asking me out and things like that but it just it doesn't feel right or it wasn't they didn't there was something about them that was off and I find a lot of people too it's one of those where you know they'll, they'll ask me out and I'm like well no I can't right now or they they're not into the same lifestyle that I am or they don't have the same ideas as I do or right. I can already tell from the first few interactions that they're very possessive that they're very jealous and, right. um, I I already can tell those little red flags yeah so it's, it's not worth my time so I was like no sorry like I literally joked um, a couple months ago to my one of my really good friends I was like I'm sorry but unless someone shits gold I'm really not gonna take another <laughs> look right now like I could go through my whole life being single and be totally fine with that. I was like, I don't need a relationship to define who I am or what I need in life. And um, crazy enough, you know, not too long after I made those comments, this wonderful individual kind of walked into my life completely unexpectedly and, hmm. you know, just completely changed my mind. That, that, it always happens that way, I feel. You sit there and you go, no, I'm, I'm, I'm cool where I'm at. Everything's sweet. I don't need to do anything more. And then, bam! Um, Relationship, or, nowhere, or, or right? this person, yeah, yeah. That happens. I hear about that so, so often. So, the 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 next question, I guess, because I'm I'm so inquisitive about this sort of thing. It's not something that I'm 
that it happens too much with me. I'm always quite often in relationships or, you know, because I'm openly poly and very much poly, I'm always dating, always te seem to be dating at least one person anyway. Um, yeah. So being single, how does that affect your sex life, I guess? It, it's interesting. It's, um, I mean, I, there's, there's sometimes where I have days, weeks, months where I don't even, don't even think about it. It's not a thing that goes through my mind, but it, it's definitely one of those, like, you, you miss, you know, human interaction. You do miss mm -hmm. yeah. people. And it's hard and it's weird. I mean, nowadays we live in a, a subculture where it's so, the hookup culture is so easy with, with Tinder and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that where you can just like swipe left, swipe right, meet up with them and sleep with them. I, I, I can't do that. I'm very, um, I'm very, uh, I'm an anxious human being. So right. I have issues with that as well where it's, um, normally, I can meet someone uh, through a friend or whatnot, and I'm not gonna lie. When I came back to Canada, I was definitely a, you know, missing some human interaction because at least in New Zealand, you know, I worked in a downtown. I worked really close with all my friends, and yeah. I kind of had people that I had friends that I was very comfortable with, and friends who, you know, I could have, um, you know, a sexual relationship with them. Still remain friends. There was no feelings. There was no interaction. Anything like that, and it was completely normal and fine. And um, so I had that established, and then when I came back, I, I did for a really long time, and I definitely, you know, had a few breaks times crying on the phone with friends. Not even crying, but more like, I feel like I'll never know the touch of a human being again. <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't know how to, like, you know, go up to a club and meet someone. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. how to, someone will come up and talk to me and I run away. I don't know, and the same as if I find someone attractive, I don't know how to be, like, hey, I think you're beautiful. I don't really want communication. I just kind of want to bang. So I'm so, really so, bad at that. So I was really lucky to meet someone who was kind of a mutual friend mm -hmm. and um, into the same thing where, you know, he was like, I don't want anything else. And I was like, sweet. So we kind of had like a friends with benefits kind of thing for a little while going on, um, yep. which ended, you know, a while ago. Mm -hmm. But it, it was nice for the time being to kind of have that like, you know, no strings attached, no nothing, but it's very hard, <laughs> very hard to find that. Yeah, I, I think I think it definitely is really hard to find that because and unless you're really, I guess, mentally clued on to yourself, um, you can develop feelings quite easily. And yeah. if you're doing something as intimate as sleeping with, with somebody, if that's an intimate thing to you, something that's not, um, then feelings can develop and that's when things can get messy, right? Because one person will start feeling it. The other one's like, well, hey, I just wanted to bang. I thought that's what we decided on. You know, what's, go oh, what's going on here? Definitely. I've, I've had things where I remember um, one guy I was, you know, casually, I guess, sleeping with uh, when I was living in New Zealand. You know, he uh, he brought it up one day. We're like, I'm laying in bed. He goes, you know, uh, when I want to go out clubbing with the boys and stuff, you know, like they uh, they always ask me why, you know, I don't hit on girls and stuff. And I was like, okay, like I don't really know where he's going with it. And he's like, well, I just, you know, you know, I, I just, I, I'm exclusive. And I was like, okay, I'm sure are you saying you want to be exclusive? And he he made it very apparent that, yeah, I just, you know, I just want to sleep with you. And, and I was like, yeah, cool, okay, like I'm not sitting with anyone else, that's fine. I didn't know that was his way of saying, like, I'm getting feelings for you. And it was just right, really awkward right, in between right. points. So I was like, well, I'm not really 
feel like this is weird. And then as soon as he put out the feelings, I was like, okay, well, you have feelings. It's fake communication feelings. And then as soon as I had feelings, it was just all like, actually shut it down. Don't even want to talk to you anymore. And it's like, okay, that's And that's where it now, turns to shit, right? Now, now I'm very, very honest. Like I'm, if I'm, I'm not one of those like, oh no, I don't like, I don't have feelings. And then I run to my friends and I'm like, oh my God, I, I like him so much. It's like, no, I don't. Like I can shut it down very easily and be like, no, this is where we are at. This is, it's just sex. It's just like a need for you know human interaction. Mm-hmm. I don't need this. Um, and if I do have feelings for someone, I'm very vocal about it. I'm like, well, I feel, you know, I'm emotionally invested in you. Right. Are you like, if you are, let me know. If not, you know, that's fine. I can go my own way, but I'm not going to invest energy and emotions into someone if they're not wanting the same thing back. Like, there's no point because I mean, you could. You can fucking gun for that person over and over again, yeah, and if yeah. they're not feeling the same way, you're just gonna end up hurt yeah, and, and wasting and, your time. Yeah, it's gonna suck so much because, and then you end up, you end up feeling contempt for that person because you feel like they've wasted so much of your time, and you sit there oh, and go, well, actually, no, it's your own fault for, oh, for not being able to read the science. I mean, you can look at that movie, what is it, 500 Days of Summer, where mm. you can get to the end of the movie and have a conclusion, like, oh, that poor guy, if only... No, you know, she didn't owe him anything. Yes. He, from the very beginning, she never was like, I'm in love with you. You know, he put those thoughts in his own head that, you know, she's the love of my life, she's the right person for me. When the whole movie, she wasn't. She was not his person. Mm. And he gets to the end of the movie, and you're just like, oh, that poor guy, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, how could, how could, you know, she do that to him? <laughs> no, that is a completely, he even says in interviews, if you read up on it, that he's like, no, like, you shouldn't feel bad for him because he did it to himself. Yeah. He put someone else on a pedestal who never once was like, I feel the same way about you. Mm. And I think that's where guys want something to happen so badly. And it's girls as well, but it's, it's mostly guys. We want something so badly to happen that they have their blinkers on and that's all there is, right? Oh, I, I get people, like, I have people that message me and they're like, oh my god, I, I lo- I'm in love with you. And I'm like, you don't even know who I am. You love the idea of me. You love this perception of me. You, like, I just posted something today that I really liked that I read on the thought catalog that talks about the difference between saying someone like, I love you and actually loving someone. Like, yeah. you can say like, oh, I love you because, you know, when I see you, my heart flutters, or I love you because I think you're aesthetically pleasing to my eyes. Or, I love you because, you know, we mix on this level, or I love you because this or that. Actually loving someone is when you know who they are, when they're down, they're out, they're broken, they're miserable. Life is that, you know, clawing at their back, and you're actually like, you know what, I'm going to stay up and I'm going to have sleepless nights with you, and you're going to be sick and I'm going to hold your hair back while you vomit. There's the two sides of it, and mm-hmm. I, I've met a lot of people who look like look at me, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I think you're aesthetically pleasing, and I think you're gorgeous. And I love you," and it's all like, "Or oh, I want to be with you," and I'm like, "You really don't, because you don't know who I am. So please don't throw all your eggs in this basket, saying mm-hmm. that, oh yeah, I want to be there for you,' when really you don't know who I even am." Yeah, you could be the freaking witch from the Black Forest or something for all I know. But they've, oh, they've, you know, they've seen like, you and you're like, yeah, she, she's all my like my baggage from my yeah. air from my my aircraft, and then like let's talk, <laughs> like let's talk after I've unloaded all the baggage. If you still want to hang out with me, no, I didn't think so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I imagine a lot of them, a lot of a lot of guys and and stuff like that. They see you, and you know, you do model. You are a, generally aesthetically aesthetically pleasing, and also quite ulti, which I think a lot of guys sit there and go, "Oh, it's an ulti girl. It's edgy. It's original. It's you know, blah 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 blah." And that's why they like the idea of that sort of thing because it's not. It's not your, you know, your nineteen-year-old girl that's out dancing in the clubs to Kesha. Yeah, I mean, hey, I still dance to Kesha. Like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I just look a little bit uh, more. I look like Barbie gone bad. <laughs> like that's, that's how I like to refer to it. I mean, I got the blonde hair and I've got the curves. I just, um, I look like if Barbie was hanging out in the boys' room smoking cigarettes with the Molly crew. That's probably pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> have you used that analogy a lot, have you? A few times. I was explaining it to someone the other day because I was trying to explain what I like, what I look like to someone. And I was like, well, I was actually talking to my grandmother about it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm talking about modeling because I, I recently just got um, my first cover on a magazine. Nice. And, um, I, I was, it hasn't been, it gets published next month. But yeah, I've been giving me a... Uh, Cover can, can you and I say was the name of it? I was like, who would have ever, who would have ever thought that I'd be a cover model? And mm. we started laughing, and she's like, "Well, you're definitely not a Barbie." And I was like, "No, I'm like Barbie gone bad." <laughs> and I just started <laughs> laughing so hard about it because I got this image. Um, it's an image from The Simpsons where Lisa mm. like is hanging out with the bad girls, and they're like sitting in the bathroom smoking cigarettes, and they've got like spiked hair and skull earrings. And that's <laughs> Probably singing along to smoking in the boys' room. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, can, I can imagine smoking in the boys' room just playing in the background to that scene. Exactly, that's all I think of is, you know, like, Nikki Six, Tommy Lee, like, <laughs> back then. And it's like, yeah, I definitely feel like that, that's who I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so, so good. Um, so, I guess at, the, at this point, we're going to dial it, dial it way back here, okay? Um, where, where did sex all start with you? Like, in, in your household... Um, were you given the talk or anything like that? Were you, did you grow up sex positive or anything like that? Yeah, no, definitely. And my mum was my mum was a psych nurse, and mm-hmm. she, you know, sat me down when I was quite young. I was like, you know, this is the birds and the bees, and this is how it is. And it was very like honest, very honest about you know, like your, um, you know, it's un- like your body and your feelings, and that this is totally natural and. It was none of that, like, you know, if you have sex before you're married, like, you know, you'll you'll die or something bad like that. It was one of those, like, you know, I was taught, like, if you feel very strongly about someone and I feel strongly about you, you can express your feelings in, you know, physical ways. Just be safe about it, be smart about it, you know, be vocal about it. So it's one of those things where when I was interested in it, you know, I went to the doctor and was like, you know, I what what should I be doing and you know got all those lessons and all those talks and you know was anything that I had questions about they were answered and there was no embarrassment there was no making to feel like you know it was a bad thing but um I mean there was definitely lots of things that I wouldn't discuss in my household and mm-hmm. still to this day it's one of those things where it's like we just don't talk about it <laughs> like um, now it's like we just don't talk about we're it we're gonna be talking about that today it. so it's like no we just don't talk about it we just don't talk about it but <laughs> um, growing growing up, it was nice, you know, like, I, my whole family was very honest and very upfront about, you know, like, sex and sexual feelings and um, that's good. things like that. Yeah. So, 
the, the, the follow-up question to that is, like, when did you start, I guess, exploring yourself and, um, you know, going through the, the masturbation phase or, or whatever? What sort of got you to that point, um, I guess? It all, it all started when um, I got, uh, probably with, like, my first, like, serious boyfriend. Um, I, what were you said? You know, I was dating someone who lived long distance from me. Right. So, um, it's one of those things where, obviously, you know, you have urges, you have these things, and we weren't living in the same city, so it wasn't one of those things where we could, I could explore it with another person, but it was definitely a lot of, um, you know, ha- having these conversations with this person, mm-hmm. and wanting you know and getting these urges and not knowing what to, what to do or anything so of course you know start exploring myself and exploring yeah. my body and what you know what felt nice and what didn't and so how you know are you it, at was, this point? it was definitely one of those like um it was it was strange like mm-hmm. explaining to people because all my other friends were like oh you know i'm with my boyfriend and you know we're like having sex and i'm like oh well i'm not Mm-hmm. But I have a partner, and we both like are both you know we're like sixteen year old, sixteen year old right. horny. Yeah. Um. So it was one of those like. Wait, 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 wait. So, so you you didn't start masturbating until you were sixteen. Not until I was sixteen. Oh wow. See, like, I just didn't have. It was weird. I didn't have any any urges or anything like that yeah. like, when I was younger. Because I, I I hear a lot of a lot of stories about um you know young girls preteen. Um, you know, riding um, like the the arm of a of a couch or something like that, or you know, the arm of a sofa, because that yeah. grinding feeling feels nice, and it's not might not be considered masturbation at that point, but they're doing that for pleasure in their genital region. Yeah, no, I there was nothing like that for me. I was just wow. not interested in it. I am, um, I was, I wasn't. I had a lot of like. Things going on in my in my mind when I was younger. I wasn't. Um, I was. I was very very depressed even as a preteen. So right. any kind of like outside stimuli or anything like that just didn't wasn't interesting to me. Like I didn't get my first. I never even had my first kiss until I believe I was fifteen. Like I just wasn't. Oh, wow. It wasn't really interested in any of those kind of things. And also I was like. I was like the fat little goth kid that everyone made fun of and stuff, so mm-hmm. I was very ashamed of my body, so I didn't have a lot of like, I didn't even like, you know, See, that, that's, touching myself when I showered. That's really weird because like, knowing you as you are now, you're this really bubbly out there, um, sort of sort of goth chick, most of the time, obviously when you need to, you do go back into what you, you need to, but like hearing yeah. that you're the... the short chubby golf chick and you've come out to be this wonderful amazing beautiful woman that's um yeah that's seeing where you like hearing where you were and seeing what, who you are now that's really really cool to hear thank you yeah i worked very hard to get where i'm at i had kind of an epiphany when i was about 18 19 where i just kind of snapped out of everything and mm-hmm. was like you know what Life is life is too short. Like fuck it, yeah, right. <laughs> fuck it with everything. So, which is weird. I'm a completely. Like, my friends, when I came over to New Zealand, I became a completely different person than I'd been when I was here. So now that I'm back, it's, it's hard for people that knew me before. So right. like you're a completely different person. I feel like I don't even know you. What you were interested in, what mm-hmm. you're interested in now, like everything about you is like a completely 360. So 
I've had like a lot of people when I left who had no interest in me. I was nothing, mm-hmm. and now I'm back. It's the constant like they're hitting up my DMs every right. like, every other day. Like <laughs> it's a Friday night, they're drunk and they're like, "Hey, Slide you're looking dance. real good. What <laughs> happened?" And it's like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> none of that, none of that. So, um, so 16 for masturbation. When did you lose your virginity then? Uh, I was 16. So the same year. Yeah, same year. With the same guy? Yeah, same guy. How, how long between the, the, the uh, between you guys starting to see each other and did you finally meet up and, and you know, get down and dirty? Um, we've probably been seeing each other for about a year, I think a year, a year and a half. Okay. So, yeah, it was it was a while and it was definitely, um, it was more or less one of those things where it wasn't one of those, like, you know, I, it it did not feel like the right time. It was one of those like I felt very like everyone else was kind of like pressuring me into it, and it was one of those things where because like, I'd been with him for so long mm-hmm. that I just felt that that was the right step. Where I mean, now in hindsight, when I look back, I mean, some people have some pretty horrific stories about losing their, their V card, but the mine wasn't really that bad. But it's definitely, I mean, if I could go back, I would have definitely waited a lot longer than <laughs> right. I did. So you, you said before that masturbation wasn't a thing while you were growing up. How, how is that for you now? Do you masturbate now or? Oh God, all the time. <laughs> all the time. I mean, I got no shame in that. Like, I mean, I got the side drawer full of like all the shit. <laughs> See, now, this, this was going to be my next question. Is um, toys wise, have you got like a whole heap or have you got a couple of favorites or what's the deal? Um, I've just got a couple of favorites at the moment because I travel a lot, so it's one of those things where I don't want to have like a whole suitcase of like everything. Oh. Because I, I am a, like a heat score whenever I go through any type of airport security, even on the bus. So it's one of those things yeah. where I've learned to just keep my couple favorites, the good old faithfuls, and yep. that's all I really need. So, so what, what are you, what are your faithfuls? What have you got? Um, I just have like, um, you know, like. I've got one um, suction cup dildo that's mm-hmm. really nice. Like it's good for like you know you can take that anywhere. And then I yeah. I have like um, a one little like one little tiny vibrator like. Yep. And then I've got just a, a nice standard like simplistic like I think um twelve different uh, settings vibrator. Okay. So those are my three that I just you know that's take everywhere with me. Okay. Yeah, right. So I've I've got to tell this story now because when I went over to New York, obviously I was I had shows lined up and things like that. So I'm taking things with me. Right now, my my toy collection is so large that I had to put I had to actually make a YouTube video um, <laughs> to to show them all rather than just take a photo. I'll link it to you yeah. afterwards so you can see it. Oh, um, exactly. I want to see this. <laughs> and it, it you know it, it encompasses the entirety of my of my king size bed. Um, quite comfortably. So obviously I had to sort of try and take everything that I needed to New York with me as well. So you can imagine um, going through customs at um, at Newark. No, no, it wasn't at Newark. It was, um, what's the LA airport? Oh, LAX. Yeah, LAX. So that's where I went, <laughs> that's where I went through customs. And like, can you open this up please? I'm like, fuck, here we go. Here we go. So I've got, I've got my fuck machine in there. <laughs> you know, you know the pumping sort of action oh, yeah. things. Oh yeah, I definitely know. Yeah, so I had one of them sitting in there with about six different attachments. I had, I had my tens machine. I had, um, I had like my my flogger. 
um, my multiple sets of nipple clamps, you know, all, all of this different stuff, and I'm opening it up and going, fuck, are they going to let me in after they yeah. see all this shit? And um, so the, the poor guy had to call over other people because he didn't know the rules as to what was, what was gonna, you know, what would be allowed in and what wouldn't. The poor newbie on the job. Yeah, yeah. I, I swear it must have been his first week or something. I terrify the poor guy. So he bring he brings over these two other people. Now one of them's about sixty years old and you know starting to decline physically, sort of thing. And the other one was just this smoking hot chick, right? And I'm just sitting there going, oh, <laughs> we're going to get two different ends of the spectrum here. Either she's going to be disgusted and he's going to be into it, or it's going to be the other way round. Oh, yeah. Right, and so they, they all come over, they're looking through it, and she's just sitting there going, I know what these are, I know what this is, I know what this is. I'm sitting there going, do you now? <laughs> you're, you're really quite attractive, and you know what these are. Uh, what's what's the deal? Um, but, yeah, eventually it took me about an hour to go through. Lucky I had, like, a huge layover in LAX, so it didn't matter too much um, time-wise. But, yeah, I finally got through all of that and um yeah it was just probably one of the weirdest things that i had you know i had a couple of thousand dollars worth of toys in a in a bag going to new york for a holiday <laughs> uh you definitely know someone was talking about that at their dinner table when they went home like absolutely How you right. not imagine <laughs> yeah. what we saw today <laughs> <laughs> exactly Exactly. I really, I actually wish I'd shown you the video before we did this, so that you can, so we could actually talk about some of the stuff. But we, we can, we can do that another time if we want. Oh, definitely, yes. <laughs> so, um, go, going into obviously the the toys side of thing, you've got three sort of old faithful ones. Um, do you consider yourself a kinky person? I guess we would come with the next one because obviously the toys that I've rattled off, some of them can be considered quite. Alternative or, or kinky or yeah. kink driven or whatnot. What's your deal with that? Um, I, I I believe I am. I mean, I'm definitely like uh, need a little bit of extra spice to uh, spice to truly enjoy myself, which is always always funny as well when you do meet a new person or a new partner. Or because I don't have you know many partners, I kind mm-hmm. of you know will sleep with someone a couple times and that's it. When you explain in the beginning, like, hey, I'm a I'm a kinky person, like, uh, here's a story. So I meet this guy, mm-hmm. he's, he's got mutual friends with us, we all go to a bar, and uh, we exit the bar, and we and keep chatting away, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm texting him, and I'm like, well, I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a kinky person, and mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, yeah, every chick does that. And I was yeah. like, okay, well, that's yeah. fine, whatever. So we, that later that night, we meet up, and um, we fool around in a car, actually. And uh, he leaves. You're into the car thing? I come in, don't think anything of it. And he works with my buddy. I get a phone call from my buddy the next day. And he's like, what did you do? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, dude's going off like he just was like firsthand in the best porno of his life. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like, apparently he went to his buddy and was like, I don't even know what I was doing. He's like, <laughs> she's crazy. And I was like, really? Was um, what were you doing? Nothing really. I was just being myself. Like it was just super tame, and I guess I was just very dominating. And I guess for him that was, you know, extreme. Like I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I was like, there were no toys involved. There was no, you know, it was just casual. You know, like for me, very casual, very 
straightforward when I would my first encounter with someone. So I was like, oh, I was like, this is is strange. But it it led to quite a nice, uh, nice relationship for a while, sexual relationship for a while of us pushing, you know, me pushing his limits and him pushing my limits and things like that. Now I kind of joke where a sense of meeting other people, it's really hard. Like, oh man, it's just who I don't know. I don't know where your range is and I have to gauge yeah, sure. out, like what do you think so you know because I've met some people before where they're like oh you know like I'll pull, pull your hair and choke you about and I'm like hmm yeah. yes so uh, are, <laughs> do you consider yourself on the dominant side of things or do you switch or uh, I switch I yeah, definitely like, I'm, I, I'm more I'm more interested in being submissive I find because right. um, which sounds it makes sense I've talked to a lot of girls like this as well like, because I live, my life is just very, like, I'm a very independent person. Yeah. I'm always, like, everything about me, I'm a very strong woman. Yeah. That when I am in a sexual role, I, I want to be submissive. It's the only time in my life where I can be submissive. Right, right. So I, I quite enjoy playing that role. Well, that, that, that sort but of release, I guess. Yeah. Like, once I'm comfortable with someone as well, you know, there I like to switch and be dominant. And, you know, you do that kind of side of myself where it's more who I am in my everyday life. Yeah, right. So what are some of your some of your kinks, I guess? Um, well, you're being submissive is one of them and like I'm really interested in role playing mm-hmm. and um, I um, a lot of uh let me let me think here. I'm trying to think <laughs> of everything I'm going through my mind. Um like lots of um, you know, being hit and smacked around and pushed mm-hmm. around. Um, you know, lots of, lots of, uh, yeah, lots of just being, um, put in a submissive role and, you know, being dragged around, you know, with, uh, like, I like restraint, so, like, being tied up, Mm -hmm. I like, um, having, like, you know, collar, chains, whips, being, being beat, things like that. So you don't mind bruises? No, I'm, I'm very much about bruises. I made a, I made a joke the other day, fun of, uh. Of a small child, I shouldn't. So I made a joke that was like, Yeah, you know, you know, some people like, you know, they beat the crap out of each other during sex and choke each other out. And I, I very casually was like, Dude, I was like, If I ain't seen white dots, it's not good enough. <laughs> and then I realized that it's a touch of a child that I went, I mean, it's just a joke, right? So I was like, Ha 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 ha. Oh, <laughs> like, that's, that's amazing. That's so, so good. Oh, I do this thing all the time. I slip up in front of other people all the time, and I'm like, yeah. oops, like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> Fantastic. I've, I've actually got a great story with you about this because you, you, you said um, the, the guy told you that, um, you know, all girls say that they're kinky, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I had, I had this story with a, with a Tinder girl. Good old, good old Tinder. Um, Tinder. What, what a time we live in. Where you can swipe on an app and pick up a person, um, <laughs> but she was. Um, we didn't really talk too much about what we were into sexually and stuff like that, like before we met or anything like that. And um, so we met and we hit it off well, and it was all all, all well and good. All everything was going fine, Kazi. Everything was sweet. Um, and we went back to her place, and I was like, okay, sweet. I'm getting some. This is going to be great. She didn't. She seems like she, you know. Is going to be fun and so so we started playing around i gave her like a really light really really light spanking right so yeah you know that sort of sound i don't know if you can hear that 
I, I can I can kind of very lightly. Yeah. I can imagine you know those like nice little, like what football players give to each other. You know, yeah. that nice yeah, 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 yeah. So and she was like, no, don't do that. I can't. I'm, I'm like, huh? huh? What? Okay. And she's like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not kinky at all. I just prefer, you know, you go down on me, I'll go down on you, and then we have sex. And I'm just like, huh? What? And I, I, I literally, I didn't know what to do. I've been, I've been kinky so long and done so much fucked up shit, like, like you would not believe. Yeah. Um, and I, I lay there in the bed. I'm like, I literally, I just lay there. I was like, I don't know what to do. And no. yeah. So I, she sort of climbed up on top, and we, and we, and we did it. And it was, it was, to be fair, it was decent sex. There was nothing wrong with the sex itself. But it was just really strange for me. And I think it's, it's that argument where you can potentially become desensitized. To, to everything once you've done something so long that it doesn't seem right to go back to how it, uh, in inverted, inverted quotes, it should be. Uh, no, but it's, it's strange. I had one partner who he was not interested in oral or receiving or giving, and he didn't believe in foreplay. It was this thing where he was just like, no, it's just sex, just straight sex. See, no, and but, but, it, it, was, it was very strange for me because, you know, we would, you know, have just straight, very, you know, like sex, like intercourse, and then he would get really mad at me because I would be like, okay, well, I'm going to masturbate now, and he he would just mm. he'd be so angry. He's like, well, why? And I was like, because that wasn't enjoyable for me. That wasn't because there's you know, no build up or anything, right? Yeah, I was like, this is just ridiculous. I was mm. like, it was literally you just I was like it, in the point where it was almost like painful half the time. So I'm like, this isn't. There's no lead yeah, up to it. It's not. It's not enjoyable. It's not fun. This you've got to just... get. You've got to get yourself lubricated down there, man. Yeah, but... I was like, this isn't enjoyable. Or like, I get to a point where I was just starting to enjoy myself, and it, you know, he would, he would be done, and he would like, hey, and I'm like, cool. I'm just gonna get my. And then he he get real mad at me. He's like, well, why? And I was like, because I would like to enjoy myself as well. Like, you know, women do enjoy pleasure. See, and I, if I, you're not going to give it to me. That's fine. But I'm going to. Just Give myself pleasure, I, yeah, I can't stand guys like that. I don't. I, I just don't get it. Um, yeah, because I, I, if if you're having sex with somebody, if you're not, if if both of, like one of you isn't enjoying it, you know, then what's the point of doing it? Both should be enjoying it. That's the point of oh, sex, okay. right? That's literally. Like, I mean, apart from you know the whole procreation thing, that's the point of having sex for a human is is to enjoy yourself and have that. Have that release moment. If, but if you know both parties aren't getting that release, then why? Because I, I, I had this no. big, I, I had this big rule for a long time. I didn't tell the girls this rule, and I, I spoke about it on, on the last podcast I did, um, that I would always make a girl orgasm before I put my dick inside her. Yeah. And that was purely so that I knew that she'd gotten something out of it as well. Yes, no, definitely, definitely agree. Um, so it's yeah, it was just one of those things for me where you're going to enjoy it, and then we can both enjoy it after that. No, oh, completely, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're 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 probably going to take a wee bit of a dark turn now, okay? 
Um, so we've, we've, we've gone through, oh, uh, maybe not just yet actually. So you, you've listed off listed off some of the some of the kinks and stuff that you're into. Is there anything that you haven't done that you really really want to do, or by the other token, what are your hard limits now? Um, my hard limits. Um, I don't really know yet exactly what all my limitations are. There are some tasks that I'm not a hundred and ten percent comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have I do have some demons from my past, so sometimes you know we have to create lines before we get down into it because like I do I do enjoy very rough sex. I do enjoy um, you know meeting faces and mm-hmm. being beaten and certain things like that. But um, there, there's a few things that some of my partners have been into. Uh, things like um, I'm, I really teeter on certain being certain um, forms of how people talk to me in different words and things like that. Like I'm, I'm comfortable with certain, you know, things like being, you know, like oh you're a slut and stuff like that. I'm fine with that. But then there's other terms that get too like, too derogatory that I'm right, not. Right. So there, 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 there's a level of degradation there, but that that line yeah. is quite set. Like, and if I, I feel like um, I, I have post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Um, and so there's certain things that will trigger, and so I have to be really careful. Like, even if I do like that, I'm safe from an environment, and that I feel safe with my part with the partner that I have. Mm-hmm. So I there's certain things that I wouldn't role play, or certain things that I wouldn't. Be comfortable with like someone like a first meeting having someone tie me up because you know I could have a moment where I don't feel comfortable or have an out of body experience. Yeah, sure. Um, so I definitely have some li- um, limits, but a lot of the time those limits are with with partners or my comfort my comfort level with a partner. If yeah. I'm very comfortable with someone, um, my limits, are, you know, they're quite stretched out. Yeah. No, that, that that makes that makes a lot of sense because I I have I have very clear hard limits. I won't do anything illegal. I won't do yeah. I won't do scat play. I won't do yeah um, anything with urine either. Those are just yeah. Those are just the things that I know I'm not interested in in the slightest. Um, yeah, no, there, there, There's a couple of, of things that don't interest me, but by the same token, I'm not going to sit there and go. That's gross. I'm not doing that or anything like that. Um, but my, I, when I when I have a new kink partner, I have a big sort of checklist thing that I get them to fill out. It sounds really nerdy and really weird, but um, it's a safety thing, and so that I can grow what they're into and what I'm into, and get the right mix, if you know what I mean. Oh, I think that's a very smart thing. I mean, communication is one of the biggest things that people don't. I think realize that go into it mm-hmm. is if you can't communicate with your partner what you're comfortable with and what they're comfortable with, um, I, it's hard. Like I don't want like in some this, but I don't want to be having sex with someone or playing with someone if they can't communicate with me what they're comfortable yeah. with and what they're not comfortable with. And I think it's it's a really fantastic thing too when you know your partner wants to explore the things and you talk about it first and you talk about you know what they're willing to, what limit they're willing to go to or how they want to explore this or explore that or you know if you want to bring in other people or what whatever it is so but, I yeah. think that's a huge thing so the, the, there's a the hard limit side which is what we just talked about but then I've also got rules for myself as well um, like for example I won't take a dick on a first time maybe 
Yeah. Like it's it's not going in my butt. I, I might suck him up or something like that, or he can suck me up, or that she can suck me up, whatever. But there's nothing going in my butt the first time meeting with somebody. Do you have anything yeah. like that? Uh, definitely. I, uh, I've been I, apart from the rope thing. Um, I have a few different things where I'm, you know, just not comfortable. Definitely, like, I'm like that. Nothing, nothing going, like, no anal the first time I meet someone. Like, mm-hmm. that's more of a comfort thing for me. Yeah. Um, where I'm comfortable with someone and we'll discuss those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like normally the first time I meet someone, I'm not going to be quite, uh, I'm not going to be as open with experimenting with certain things. Like, yeah. there's not... It'll be more or less feeling out the limits of how I feel that person and the chemistry with them as well, and mm-hmm. where like let it just kind of flow naturally. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's yeah. No, that ma- that makes a lot of sense. Um, so what I was saying before is we're probably going to move a little bit dark now, I guess. Um, but it is something that you're open about, and I did ask you uh, before we yeah. before we jumped on this part to talk about. You noted on before where. Um, you have a little bit of anxiety, you have PTSD, so post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, because, and even earlier on in the pod, you talked about things from your past as well. Um, so I wanted, I wanted to bring this up so you could share your story around this as well and how potentially, um, aside from, you know, males not being dicks, um, how it may be, um, how people can more understand the sort of thing that's going on, but you've been sexually assaulted, right? Yes, when I was 17, I was raped. Okay. Now that that's a that's a huge thing to go through, right? And is that the cause of your PTSD now still? Or? Yeah, that it caused it caused me to have um, PTSD, and it was it was probably one of the most traumatic things that I've ever experienced For in sure. my life, and to this day, I still have repercussions from it. Jeez, and how long ago was that? How old are you now? Uh, I'm 26, so it's been almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. Wow, that's um, to have it still be affecting you. That tells you how big uh, these sorts of things oh, can can really be. And, right? and it, it, it's insane. Like I, I you know, I, I go to I see a psychiatrist for it, and it definitely like it played a very very huge role in my life. I mean, when it happened, I had only I'd only been sexually active with my first partner. I had never slept with anyone else before and I was assaulted mm-hmm. and I instantly just like shut down. I was, you know, wow. wearing very uh, baggy clothing and I was drinking quite heavily, like I started drinking um, and I was completely against being touched whatsoever. Yeah. I was not interested in sex or anything and I actually didn't come forward about it for a very long time. It was one of the things I felt very guilty about it because so I So you were blaming yourself, were you? Oh, I, I um I beat myself up. I felt yeah. awful. Like I um I had been drinking and I was with someone that I thought I could trust and um they they let me down unfortunately. They turned out to not be a very good person and right. I thought that I, I had brought it on myself and the one or two people that I'd kinda of made mention to also had made it very clear that it was my fault. And it wasn't until wow. I, no, I was dating I was dating a girl who's a couple of years older than me mm-hmm. and she she brought it up to me. She was like, You know, you never want to touch me, you never wanna to you know, we'll be watching a movie and you skirt away from me. She goes, well, are you not attracted to me? What is it? And I was like, no, no, it, it's not like that. It's not like that. And I finally was like, oh, well, you know, I, just, I don't like being touched. And she said, well, why not? And I kind of opened up about it. And it just opened up this whole can of worms. And I explained what had happened. And um, 
she helped me go to a counselor and then I went to the police about it and it just exploded this awful thing where I was getting attacked at school for it and it wow. also, it also got where I found out that he had assaulted a number of other girls oh, wow. and it was just this big big thing that exploded and it was just insane I, I definitely found it to my friends where I found it to be there for me crazy. And I closed down as a human being and I, I hated my body I hated myself I hated anyone that would look at me or even even to this day if someone comes up and they touch my side like from behind or something I, I get a panic I get this anxiety like, and, of someone touching me yeah so. and this and this is stuff that's not talked about enough uh, in my opinion the the, the long-lasting after effects like like you've mentioned and the, the the psychological repercussions of of a sexual assault of a rape um, don't get touched on nearly enough the fact that you know you didn't like being touched or or you know even now still with the side thing that's it's almost 10 years and that's stuff that still affects you and still hits you pretty hard that's um that's something that needs to be talked about more often I think Oh, definitely. People don't realize you don't just wake up one day and you're fine and it's over. Like, it lasts forever. And mm. there's, there's a stigma that lasts around it as well. I mean, I had I had one girl corner me in the hallways of school and she was, what did you scream? And I was like, excuse me, she was, if you didn't scream for help, it wasn't right. See, that's and, so bad. The fact that that's a girl saying that. And I feeling so, like, is it my fault? And still, like, even, even this past weekend where I was out with this, this guy that I'm hopefully, you know, going to start a relationship with, having to tell him, you know, this is what happened to me, it, it's hard, it's this heavy burden on my shoulders, but when you do get with a partner, I mean, you don't have to tell them, but I'm very open and honest and I want to explain where I'm coming from and yeah, why sure. I have these anxieties, because I, I have this thing where... I get startled by everything. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I could be sitting next to someone and they could open a bag of chips and I, it, it'll scare me. I will jump because I am, I'm always on alert. Yeah. No matter when, even in my own home, someone could slam the door, you know, a siren could go off and I will jump out of my skin because I get startled super easily because I'm always on high alert. And it's, it's this thing that people laugh about, and I don't ever explain something like, oh, it's because I have post-traumatic stress because I was raped when I was 17, mm. but it, it's there, and so I was very honest and open, and I find a lot of people, they either treat you like you're a wounded animal, that, oh my god, I need to coddle you, and you poor little thing, or you have other people that go, oh, now it makes sense why you were a stripper, and it's like, what does that mean? That yeah, what do you mean by that? That's bullshit. A damaged human being. Like, it, it's ridiculous. So it's, it's hard to open up to a partner about that. It's hard to open up to, you know, people about that. It's hard to open up to my friends about it because they just, there's an understanding that doesn't go with it and there's a stigma that somehow I'm, I'm dirty or I'm broken or there's something yeah. wrong with me. Or I had one partner who told me that I'm damaged goods, you know? And it's like, well, nice. no, I'm not. And unfortunately, you know, what's not spoken is one in four women and one in nine men are going to be sexually assaulted in their life. This isn't an uncommon thing. No. No, not at all. And that's a terrifying stat. That, oh, absolutely that, that's terrifying. Yeah. People don't realize that as well. Especially with males, they don't understand that I was just one about to say in that. nine males. Yeah, one in nine. That's a lot. 
you know, for, for something that doesn't get, that very rarely, very, very rarely get spoken about, that's, yeah, that's, it's not surprising to me, but, um, sort of, I'm still astounded that that is such a thing, but one in four females is atrocious. Uh, it, it, it drove me nuts. The one thing that's on solace, and when I was um, 18, I met this amazing woman named Samantha, and she mm-hmm. was in a band called Race Revenge. Mm-hmm. And they were this amazing punk band out of Calgary, Alberta. And this little girl, me, here in BC, I was angry. I was filled with so much anger, sure. and I watched her play, and I went up to her, and I was like, you influenced me. And she gave me the best advice. She goes, I'm going to give you the same advice they gave Kathleen Hanna at Bikini Kill make mm-hmm. music like even if it's not good even if no one goes to your shows make music and i started making this angry punk rock music and i felt so free i felt so free yeah. and what made my heart ache is i would play shows and other girls would come up to me and go i know what you've been through i had this happen i had that happen and hearing from girls that i loved and girls that i cared about the girls that i just met coming up and telling me their stories I was like, I felt like, you know, I could help them in a sense. I felt like I was giving them an outlet. I was like, you know, be angry, be scream, yell, jump up and down. Like, you know, I, I wear it with a, I, I, I'm proud that I'm a survivor. I'm proud that I survived. I mean, there's tons of women that don't. There's tons of women who, and men as well, who don't, you know, survive from their rapists or don't survive afterwards or, they they break down and they can't get past it. I mean, I was very lucky that I was able to get past it and continue on with my life. And I am a happy, bubbly person. I'm very mm. optimistic. I'm so excited for the future. I'm doing things that 10 years ago, I would never even fathom that I'd be doing. I mean, I can't imagine it, but I, I mean, there's still our repercussions. There's still things that I'm going to live with probably for the rest of my life. And, you know, it breaks my heart to think that you know, one day I might have a daughter and I'll have to explain to her the cruelties of the world or to have a well, son and yeah. explain it to him or, you know, to have these things that I have to talk about with, you know, even I look at my young niece and stuff and it, it's hard. Like, you, I want to shelter her forever and take care of her. And it's the same way that I had, you know, growing up, the people around me probably wanted to shelter me and love me and mm. take care of me. And unfortunately, you know, this is just the world we live in. I mean, I don't know a single woman who hasn't been harassed in the streets or, you know, mm. been made to feel bad or some kind of sexual harassment or assault or anything. And it's just it's terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. And did, did this sort of stuff, did that ever rear its head while you are in New Zealand? Um, obviously doing the dancing and, and the, the stripping and whatever you want to call it? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, there was some situations with certain people where I definitely, like, I didn't feel comfortable, I didn't feel safe. And as well, I think that a lot of people don't understand as well. I mean, the drinking culture in New Zealand is massive. I mean, yeah. it, it's astonishing. I've never seen anywhere like that. And explaining to people that, you know, someone being unconscious, that's a no. Someone being too drunk, that is a no. And, yeah. you know, it, it's hard to explain it to someone. Like, oh, well, they're my girlfriend or that's my partner. Or, you know, it, it, it's hard to explain to them, like, no, it's that is still a hard no, like mm. it's, it's a no. And yeah. just because someone doesn't mouth the word no doesn't mean that it's not a no. You know, bullying or guilting someone into sleeping with you, that's a no. That, yeah, that's sexual and, assault as well. It's like, right, it's I, I had that with certain, you know, with my one partner where I was like, no, I don't want to 
sleep with you tonight. I'm not interested in this tonight. Getting to finally a point where it's like, you know what? Fuck it, whatever. And yeah. it's like, that's, that's still a no. That's that's a no. And it's hard to explain to people. And they're like, oh, we're blurred lines. And no. That, yeah, and it's like, I hate that. I hate that term. And it's like, yeah. I hate explaining that to people. And I did have a lot of people where I tried to explain like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I was sexual self and not people, oh, well, you put yourself in that situation. And well, if you didn't drink and if you didn't do this. Or I had a lot of people like, well, yeah, because the way you, you're dressed, you're asking for it. Yeah, that, that's one thing I just absolutely can't stand. A victim is never asking for it. Nobody asks no. to be raped. That's literally yeah. the the definition of rape, is that there's not any consent given at any in any way, shape or form. And, and the same thing happens, uh, you hear some people say, you can't say no once it's already started. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Fucking oath you can. But there's, oh. there's, there's a lot of people say that if you've already started having sex, you can't you can't say no because you've already given consent. It, it consents up until that point where you say no or you say yeah. your safe word or whatever that is for you. Yeah, no. I feel too many people are made to feel like they have to. Like, oh, well, yeah. you know, I, I turned him on or, you know, I told her yes or, you know, we were touching and feeling and, you know, or, you know, oh, well, we were both naked. And it's like, no, it doesn't, you know, or... You know, you start having sex and the person's too drunk and they start to pass out. So you stop. Yeah, you know, absolutely, because they're, they're no longer able to, to You make sure they're safe. You get them a bucket to puke in. Yeah. And you just stop. Like, you know, if you have to go to the freaking bathroom or something, excuse yourself and go take care of yourself. You don't continue on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we've been talking for <laughs> almost an hour and 20 minutes now. That's... That's gone quickly, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so let, let's end this on a high. Obviously, you're a model and everything, right? So yeah. I'll, I'll give you this this chance to to plug yourself away, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, where where can we find you online? Um, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook under Rebel Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have both those. Uh, same, you know. Pretty easy, Rebel Wild, and, uh, and that's I wild with an two, E on the end, right? Yeah, with an E on the end, just like uh, you know, a lot of these other fantastic models who have the moniker Wild. Mm-hmm. We are all wild women, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I have two uh, two magazines coming out in the next month. One with Model Mania, mm-hmm. um, that's a, I think that's an eight image spread with an interview, and nice. then I have the cover for Ink Barbie magazine, which is coming out, I believe, late July, early August. That, that sort of sits in quite well with your uh, Barbie Gone Wrong thing, isn't it? Exactly. I thought it was hilarious. My first ever, uh, you know, proper magazine uh, publication. I get the cover and it's a pink <laughs> Barbie, which I totally believe I am. I mean, they have wonderful merch, so I'm probably going to end up buying some, some merch off them and just rock that because I definitely, uh, definitely feel like a Barbie Gone Bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, um... I know at some point you did have almost like a, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's almost like a premium Snapchat thing as well, is that right? Yes, I have, um, it's from Is My Girl. That's so it, Is My Girl. Ink Magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still working on it at the moment. I, I fell down, had knee surgery, so I was out of commission for the last like three months. But um, I'm going out to LA in two days, I'm doing a bunch of photo shoots down there, and I'm going to Vegas doing shoots there. So 
all those photo shoots are going to be uploaded on my is my girl account mm -hmm. which you can find through my instagram okay. so through my instagram i have a link and it's ten dollars a month you get all the images um we i can do live chats i can do conversations and um you know i, I cater to my clientele and what they want to see and what they want to hear um i don't do like full nudity on it mm -hmm. um i'm i'm Still kind of getting used to that. It depends, you know, what people want. But um, I will be putting out paid Polaroids, which will be full nudity. So if people want that, they can pay for, you know, the Polaroids. Cool. So yep. So that's Rebel Wild. That's R E B E L W I L D E on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Twitter as well, or no? No Twitter. No. I, I have Twitter, but I'm more of a lurker. Yeah. I don't really post a lot on it because I'm really bad at keeping up with social media. <laughs> I'm working hard to get better with it, but I mean, I work six days a week. I'm super crazy busy, so and I'm always traveling, but I'm always active on Instagram and I'm always active on Facebook. Okay, so yeah, again, that's Rebel Wild on Facebook and Instagram. You've got the Is My Girl, which is found through the Instagram as well. Uh, follow her on that. Um, Thank you very much for, for having this chat. I know it's starting to get late over there. It's only 6.30 uh, on Friday here. It's about, what, 11.30 p.m. Yeah, about that over here. Yep, uh, but you're still on Thursday. That's why we, we were yeah. trying to organize the whole thing and I was getting my days mixed up about which day I was compared to you. And <laughs> but, I've, got, I've gotten most of the time zones down packed, but I'm still on Ontario time. Which is three hours ahead of time here. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm way messed up right now. <laughs> oh, speaking speaking of times, just one more thing before we go. The weirdest thing um, when I was going over to the states was technically landing in LA before I'd taken off from New Zealand. Right. Because of the time differences. Oh, it's it's the strangest thing ever. I used yeah. to. My favorite thing is on New Year's mm -hmm. would be messaging my friends back in Canada and being like, I'm a, I'm a year ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just remember, you know, I took off at something like, I think it was something like 10 p.m. New Zealand time and landed at like 5 p.m. the same day in L.A. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, um, that, that fucked with me for a little while. But um, yeah, cool. So again, thank you very much for coming on, sharing your story, um, and talking to me about all all manner of things, sex, love, relationships. Uh, it was all very understanding. A lot of lot of trust there. Um, and yeah, thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always a joy to talk to you, and I'm glad that we were able to have such an open and honest discussion. As am I. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. A big thank you to Kazia there for uh, for being a part of that. I 
very, very grateful, very, very happy that she took time uh, in the middle of her night to, to talk to me about that. So again, you can find her at uh, on Facebook and Instagram under Rebel Wild. Uh, you can find us here under The A-Slight Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. Or you can email through to us at theaslightpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time.